your money really does have to continue to grow in retirement. So, you know, having a portfolio that is so heavily weighted in bonds may or may not be great for you. In fact, it could be detrimental. Puzzles go by a lot of names. Jigsaws, crosswords, sudokus, brain teasers, brain bashers, brain knitters, knotters, and bocklers. You get the idea. On this show, we deal with financial puzzles. Your host is Money and Clarity Certified Financial Planner, Nikki Early. It's time for the show. Let's put the pieces together. Well, it's time to solve that financial puzzle. Once again, Walter Storholt here alongside Nikki Early, Certified Financial Planner and Partner with Money and Clarity, serving you in Cincinnati and all the surrounding communities. You can find us online by going to moneyandclarity.com. Nikki, you ready for another great show this week? I really am. It's so good to hear your voice again, Walter. Yeah, great chatting with you. What's been going on in your world lately? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Where do I start? (laughs) Just trying to keep one foot in front of the other, right? Yeah. You know, all the kids are back in school, which is amazing. Like physical, physical school? Yes. So we we belong to a district that's pretty small. So I, I get that it's easier to manage for our district. You know, we're not dealing with thousands and thousands and thousands of kids. But uh, we did start back where they were going twice a week. And then now we're full time. I've got a father in and out of the hospital. I got college visits for my senior. So life is fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's a lot on your plate. That's for yeah. sure. What uh, what is it like going around with uh, with the college visits? Is that a fun process? Well, we'll actually have our first one um, this week. Okay. So I, I can tell you next time. So you're, you're lining them up as we speak. Yes. So Transylvania, which Ooh. is in Lexington, uh, Kentucky. It's a small, okay. um, I guess, Christian school, which is good for my son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it'll rub off on him. <laughs> oh, wow. That's great. So, yeah. Any others that you're going to be looking at? Um, He's going to be playing some lacrosse with Mount St. Joe's Coach, which is another actually religious school here in Cincinnati. Okay. So it's mostly about lacrosse, I think, right now. So we're looking at a lot of D3 and D2 schools. But we'll, we'll see how that all goes. It was an interesting year. They didn't get to play last year. So the right. recruiting process is a little bit different this year. Yeah, I can imagine. My um, my little cousin, she just got recruited and signed on with a school in Florida. She plays lacrosse, and um, she was just one year, uh, I guess they, they locked the deal up when she was still a, a junior. So this year in her senior year, she's not still kind of trying to figure everything out, it sounds like. Or I don't know exactly how the process works, but I know she's decided on a school, and, and at least with all of the upheaval from the uh, pandemic, it didn't influence her her recruiting too much. So I know that, that, well, that's another stressful her. situation, yeah. recruiting and all that. So you do have a lot happening. Well, <laughs> we'll take a little sidestep from all that. Just let it all go, Nikki, and we're going to get to just talk <laughs> finances today. All right. Does that sound good? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we're going to talk about some obsolete retirement planning ideas, or are they? I don't know. We'll let Nikki be the judge on these things. You know, it's like technology these days, Nikki. Things change so fast in the world. Like you buy a computer and a year or two later, or a phone especially, it's obsolete all of a sudden. It doesn't, can't run these apps anymore. It's not strong enough, not powerful enough. You got to go get the latest and greatest thing. So we're going to see what's the latest and greatest in retirement planning, or maybe better yet, just look at what are some of the ideas that might be outdated. And are we still clinging to that? Like my parents still clinging to the flip phone, not wanting to convert (laughs) to the smartphone. Are we clinging to outdated ideas and technology? We're going to find out on today's show. 
Anybody who has done any bit of research about retirement planning and finances has probably heard, Nikki, of the 4% rule. Can you tell us about that? And would you say that's an outdated rule at this point? Well, okay. So the 4% rule, you know, a really, really smart guy, um, I think if I remember correctly, he had an aeronautical degree from MIT. He created the 4% rule. His name was Bill, I'll probably butcher his name, Benjen, in the early 1990s. So what the rule basically says is that in retirement, you can take 4% of your portfolio's assets every year, then you can up it for inflation annually and not run out of money before you die. So I guess let's think about it a little bit because, you know, a lot of people say that a million dollars is a good benchmark. In fact, they're proud if they retire with a million dollars in their portfolio. But if you're applying the 4% rule to that, then essentially you can take $40,000 out of your portfolio to live on annually. Now, Walter, <laughs> do you want to live on $40,000 a year? I can imagine that would be tough, especially for someone who has accumulated a million dollars in their lifetime. Right. And then if you put it in more perspective, you know, 2 million would actually 4% would be 80,000, a little bit better, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then 3 million would be 120,000. So, you know, but so just doing the math and thinking about what 4% actually means is kind of important. But once you understand that, then you'd start thinking about, you know, does the rule actually work or not? So, one of the I guess problems I have is that it doesn't factor in taxes. So that in itself is pretty important. And it also doesn't factor in the fees that you're paying on your investments. So it's really going to actually be less than 4%. The other thing is that if you begin retirement and markets are down and you're you know, withdrawing 4% and, and again, markets are down, so you're depleting, 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 it doesn't actually work for itself. So, you know, not a bad rule of thumb. I'm going to say over and over in our conversation today that you really just have to have a comprehensive analysis and income retirement analysis done based on how you're investing your money and what you're hoping to accomplish that will, you know, take into consider these rules or rules of thumb, but they can't be the end all be all that, you know, it has to really tailor to your particular situation. Going to be a common theme probably through a couple yes. of these different ideas. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I promise. I promise. The 4% rule, certainly uh, a good one to at least spark some discussion around. Uh, I've heard of this other rule, the ten five three rule, the ten five three. What is that? So that one basically says that over time, historically, that equities or stock, if you will, has earned 10%, 5% on bonds, and then 3% cash. So 10, 5, 3, that's where that comes from. But you tell me again, <laughs> what savings account do you have that's earned 3% in the last year or so? Yeah, zero of them. Yeah. And when can you remember the last time it did, actually? It's been been a while. Yeah. I don't know. Has. Maybe not ever since I've been investing. I don't even think when I first started saving. You're younger than me. So. Trying to think of like when I got my first job and opened a savings account. I'm trying to remember what the percentage was. I can remember doing CDs that were 7 or 8% back in maybe... 
the early 2000s. So okay, all right. But I'm older than you, so again. Well, that would have been that would have been uh, getting close to the time where I started to uh, you know get my, got my first job at 16 and that kind of stuff. So we're getting yeah. we're getting closer there. <laughs> yeah. So it, again, it's a rule of thumb, and if you do look back historically, the averages do weigh out. Um, but you know, the rule does not take into consideration market crashes. Um, it's also non-inflation and taxes, again, are not considered here. So you can base it off historical averages, but I don't know that I would do my financial planning based on the 1053 rule. Yeah, definitely just uh, the definition, I think, of an obsolete idea. It, it worked maybe, like you said, two decades ago or so. Maybe it had mm-hmm. kind of the right idea, but it ran out of uh, favor quickly. Uh, now, this one has been around for a long time, Nikki. This uh, this isn't so much a rule as it is more of an idea or sentiment. As you get older, move from stocks to bonds. It's just the thing you do. Well, I first I'll say this. You have to have your money, well, most people, I should say most people, if you've got a ton, a ton of money, you don't care. But your money really does have to continue to grow in retirement. So, you know, having a portfolio that is so heavily weighted in bonds may or may not be great for you. In fact, it could be detrimental. There's another rule that I can bring up that's called the rule of 100, which basically says you subtract your age uh, from 100. And that's the amount that you should have in um, stocks. So if I'm 60, 40% of my money should be in stocks and the other 60% should be in bonds. But again, you've got to take into account your particular situation. If you are 60 years old and you haven't saved a lot and you plan on working to 70, there's no reason why you should be that conservative. You can, you know, you can afford to be a little bit more aggressive. Like I said just a few seconds ago, you really do need your money to continue to grow um, in retirement so that as you're pulling money out that it can uh, you know, still be there for you in your later years. So I, I wouldn't say that you know, every situation is the same. I think that depending on how much you've saved and where you're at in life would determine what your ratio as far as stocks to bonds would be. That's a great point, Nikki. And as we go through some of these obsolete retirement planning ideas, just remember that things change over time. What was once a good idea may not be a good idea now. And that's where this is coming from. And I think that's important to highlight, Nikki, as we move into these uh, last couple of examples, because how do people prepare for retirement before they come in to meet with you? It's off of what their brother, their sister has done, off of what their mom and dad did, their experiences. You kind of try and use life experiences of those around you and sort of just what you've heard to formulate your opinions about things. So if, you're, if your dad's like, oh, yeah, you just got to get stocks into bonds when you get older, you'll be in good shape because that's what worked for me. People get that into their heads, and then sometimes they're now basing their financial future off of something like that. And that's often what gets people off track, just not realizing how much has changed in the financial planning world over all that time. Absolutely. And, you know, again, even listening to your friends at the water cooler at work, you know, it's like... Proceed with caution. Yes. (laughs) With great caution, that's for sure. Uh, Now, you kind of already uh, dabbled in this one a little bit, Nikki, and this is an obsolete retirement planning idea, I would imagine. Get to the point of having a million dollars in your retirement account, and you're ready for retirement. And you kind of even mentioned that $1 million benchmark when we were discussing the 4% rule. Yeah. So again, the 4%, if you've got a million, that only gives you $40,000 a year. And that's before taxes. 
Now, that may or may not give you the income you need, depending on your situation. You know, if you're living very conservatively and you don't have debt, maybe you have fixed income, nice social security, a pension, then maybe, you know, that additional 40000 is just kind of like icing on the cake that can help you. However, there might be a situation where, you know, you're really depending on your portfolio for most of your income. So million, it, it just might not be enough. It, really, lifestyle is going to come into play a big, uh, you know, it's going to be a big part of that. Like, do I want a second home? Do I want to buy a new car every so often? Um, you know, do I want to travel extensively? So a million seems like a large number, but again, depending on what your lifestyle wants or needs are, will determine whether that is going to really be sufficient or not. I would imagine the accounts too. I mean, I, my neighbor and I could each have a million dollars, but mine's in a Roth IRA and his is in a regular traditional oh, yeah. IRA. And Absolutely. We, we have quite we have quite significant plan, <laughs> different plans all of a sudden, right? Right, right. Because every dollar your neighbor's pulling out is going to be taxed at his highest marginal or her highest marginal tax bracket. So what you end up keeping in the end is you know going to be a lot different. The neighbor has a roommate in that financial account called Uncle Sam. That's for sure. Okay, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, last obsolete retirement planning idea uh, to cover on today's show is this one as well. You'll need less income in retirement than you needed while you're working. That's a common assumption. Do you see that often play out with the people that you meet with, Nikki? Yes and no. Um, so again, there's another standard rule that you hear out there that you'll need 80% of your pre-retirement income and retirement. So that's out there. But there's a couple things that you got to consider. I don't know about you, but Walter, do you spend more money or less money when you have more time on your hands? Typically a lot more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Aren't you more likely I don't to shop, to go out to dinner, to go to events, look at concerts? So, you know, I'm hoping that I live a very long, healthy life where I'm active. I, I buy a and, lot more power tools on the weekend, I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, so yeah, so the fact that people say, and there could be, everybody's situation is different. You know, maybe you're commuting less, you're spending less on wear and tear of cars or gasoline or dry cleaning or God, back in the day, pantyhose. <laughs> Thank God we don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> But I mean, you know, so I just, I know myself, I tend to spend more when I have more time on my hands. And if I have time to visit relatives out of state, you know, that's all going to cost money. So it may or may not be true. The other big thing, though, that people really, really need to consider is medical expenses. Um, I read something just recently, I want to say that a healthy 65-year-old couple is likely to spend like $370,000 in their retirement from 65 on just in medical expenses. And that's not including long-term care. So, you know, if you take into account the extra time you have on your hands and the fact that you might have more medical expenses, those are just two points of why you might possibly end up spending more in retirement. That's a great point, Nikki. All of these are certainly good things to discuss, and um, you might be listening to today's show and going, huh, well, I was kind of aiming for that million-dollar target and thinking I'd be okay if I hit that, or maybe, yeah, I've been moving from stocks to bonds, or was just about to move from stocks to, to more bonds this year. 
uh, to try and get ready for retirement. Maybe you've kind of based your retirement planning around some of these obsolete ideas. If that's the case, that's okay. Um, But we might want to get a review of your situation and get a better plan in place if that's what's happening. Uh, Nikki, you guys work with people on a daily basis there in the office in Cincinnati. Are you meeting with folks currently as we're recording today's podcast mid to late September? Are you meeting with folks in person? Are you still doing remote meetings? What's the process look like if somebody wants to get a review of their plan? And tell us a bit more about what you do at Money and Clarity for those who might be new to the show. Sure. Well, first of all, as far as the pandemic, and it's really what everybody is comfortable with. So we have clients that come into the office. We have clients that we do Zoom calls. We have clients that are technically not there and do phone calls. So, you know, we're, we're definitely willing to be flexible as far as that goes, but we're certainly not shy about meeting in person. So that's fine with us. Dan and I have always built this practice on just holistic planning. And whether you're coming to us at age you know, 30 or 60 or 70, we're really just looking at your overall picture and we're trying to get an understanding of what you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, we're very frank and we're honest with you about where you're headed and what you are able to do. Um, But we also help put a plan in place for you so that you can get there. So, you know, we're always just looking at the whole picture. We certainly a big part of it is like what we talked about today as far as being able to estimate what you're capable of living off of in retirement based on what you've done. And if you want to improve that situation, then we certainly can help you get there. If you want to get in touch with Nikki Early and the Money and Clarity team, it's easy to do so. You can call 513-563-PLAN. That's 513-563-7526. Or you can go online to moneyandclarity.com and get in touch through the website. We'll also put contact info and relevant links in the description of today's show. So it's easy for you to find there. Nikki, thanks for taking the time to join us on the program today. Good luck with all the busy stuff you've got going on. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) We'll look forward to chatting with you next month, but thanks for joining us on the show today. Uh, For Nikki Early, I'm Walter Storholt. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been attained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Nikki Early is an investment advisor representative of Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC, a registered investment advisor. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a privacy policy statement, call 800-353-7920. 23.